Only four days left until Christmas. I'm wondering if you've got your shopping done. You got your shopping done? Good. Because not everybody does, and some are desperate. I just was reading about a fellow that was standing before the, his, before the judge, and the judge was in a kind of a chatty mood, so he asked the fellow standing before him why he was in his courtroom that day. And the man said, well, it's because I was shopping too early. And the judge said, well, shopping early is not a crime. When were you shopping? He said, well, before the stores opened. <laughs> so if you haven't got your shopping done yet, I uh, recommend that uh, you get at that. And uh, four more days until we have our Christmas Eve service. We're really looking forward to that. We just have so many people come and uh, join in what is really a, a, a wonderful family time. So this morning, we, uh, we're talking about the presence of God. And for so many people, it's, it's, a, it's a hard thing to get their mind around. What exactly does it mean? And the only thing I can say is it's that sense of peace with God. You know that your heart is right with God. And you know that there is nothing between you and God. You know that, that, that it's, it's clean. Your heart's clean. Your mind is clean. Everything's good. It's a sense of joy. You've got a, you have a joy that you really can't explain, but you're, you feel happy in spite of the fact that so many people are not. And you have a profound sense that God really loves you and cares about you. This is the presence of God. Now, the problem is for so many people, they, they forget that. In fact, let's just be honest. All of us experience times like that, when we feel distant from God, when our heart is not where it needs to be. We, we all understand what it means to, 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 to feel as though we've lost our joy or lost our peace and wonder if maybe God is angry at us, or that somehow maybe we've let God down, that we failed him. Well, this morning, what I want us to do is I want us to recognize just how much God really does love us. And I want to talk to you about how to get the presence of God back in your life this Christmas. And I'm going to talk to you about how to discover that happiness that, uh, that, that is supposed to go with the Christian life. Now, each of, the, each of the Gospels talks about the birth of Jesus, all but one. Mark, Mark's Gospel it really begins at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, and it actually begins with John the Baptist and Jesus being baptized by John the Baptist and Jesus getting right into ministry. But the other three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, or Matthew, Luke, and John, they, each in their own way, shares some aspect of the Christian uh, story of, of Christ's birth. And in the book of Matthew, we, we heard last week about the three wise men. And the week before that, in the book of Luke, we heard all about the angels and the shepherds. And this week, I want to look at John. Now, the interesting thing about John is that he's not so much telling the details of, of the birth, but he's talking about the theological implications of the birth of Jesus. And so I want to just read to you a few verses from John chapter 1, verse 1. And it says, in the beginning, the Word already existed, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In case you're wondering, the Word is, in fact, Jesus Christ. The Word is another title for Christ. It says, he existed in the beginning with God, and God created everything through him. And nothing was created except through him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. 
The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Do you know that one of the reasons why we include candles as part of the Christmas celebration is because it's, it is a symbol of the light that Jesus brings to us, to this dark world. Jesus is the light of the world, the Bible says. He brings light to our, to our dark hearts. Now, it's interesting this verse here in verse 5, John chapter 1, verse 5, it says, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. In the Greek, it actually reads, And the darkness cannot understand it. It cannot comprehend it. It cannot overwhelm it. Now, let's stop for a moment and think about this, because, yes, we understand that light always, always overcomes darkness. You light a candle, and the darkness is driven away. Light enough candles... And there is no darkness at all. But also understand this, that, that the darkness does not understand the light. And so John here in this passage, although it's not maybe clear to us at first reading, John is pointing out to us that unless God makes it possible for you to understand who Jesus is, it, the whole thing will be a mystery to you. And that's why so many people, they go to church Sunday after ch- Sunday, or they hear TV preachers or radio preachers, they've read books, and some people even try to pick up the Bible and read it, and, and you think, man, none of this makes sense. I don't really get it. What's it all about? Why, oh, you know, what's the big deal? Well, here's the thing that you and I need to understand. that un- The Bible tells us that unless God takes the blindness from our eyes, unless God takes the veil from our eyes, we can't understand the light. We can't understand Jesus. We don't really know what it's about. And I've had people tell me, you know, Pastor Allen, I try to read the Bible. Boy, it just mumbo-jumbo. It doesn't make any sense. And then I'll say this. What you need to do is you need to pray first and ask God to take the blindness from your eyes so you can see, and boom, to begin to understand. Now, why is that? Because the Bible tells us that the darkness cannot understand the light. We cannot understand who Jesus is. We can't understand who God is unless God opens our eyes to see it. Let's read on here. In verse 6, it says, God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. Now, John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the world that he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or a plan, but a birth that comes from God. And then verse 14, let's take a look at this. And this is the verse I want to look at this morning. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Now, here's what you and I need to understand. When we read this passage of scripture, it it sounds good, it sounds important, but how does it apply to us? What does this mean? What does it mean that, that Jesus was born? Well, I want you to recognize, first of all, what it says here, uh, that the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. If you look at this in the Greek language, it literally says that Jesus came and he pitched his tent among us. Has anybody ever gone camping? Anybody been camping in the white shell? 
And it's, I don't know why people go there for holidays, because your tent is literally a foot from the, from the tent beside you. Everybody is so close together. And folks, it's, it's not terribly comfortable. But yet this is the picture that we have here of Jesus literally coming and living among us, pitching his tent among us. So he's with us. He's with us from day to day. And he experiences everything that you and I experience. Jesus is absolutely 100% familiar with our lives because he is with us. Now, Isaiah calls Jesus Emmanuel. And when we first started this series, Christmas Presents, we talked about the, the, the fact that Jesus would come as a child by the name of Emmanuel, which means God with us. John tells us that he is the one who has come to set up his tent among us, who's come to dwell among us. What is the significance of this? Well, folks, very simply this. Is it the one thing that God wants for you is for you to experience and to know his presence? The one thing that God wants, wants for you is to know the joy of living in the presence of Almighty God. And I can tell you this, and everybody here today experiences this. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. If there's ever a time in the course of the whole year, when we f- maybe feel most frazzled and most, most alone and most depressed and most angry and most upset and most anxious, it seems to be now. In fact, the psycholo- psychologists, doctors, the hospitals all tell you the same thing, that this is a time of the year when the most attempts at suicide, this is a time of the year when, when people are, are going to get Prozac to deal with, with the Christmas dinner. I got to see relatives I don't see all year round, but suddenly we have to see each other at Christmas time. Go figure. It's a, it's a difficult time of the year. If anything, Christmas forces us to face the things that we should have been dealing with through the course of the whole year. And so this morning, I want to talk to you about how to get the presence of God in your life this Christmas. So let's take a look at this verse. Let's unpack it. It says here that he's come to dwell among us. Now, some people have this notion that Jesus was somehow 50% man and 50% God. I'm going to tell you that that is, that is a heresy. It's not true. He's not half and half. And some people are under the impression that somehow God, that Jesus wasn't really a real person. He wasn't a real man. He, he came in a human form, but he was maybe more alien than anything. So I'm going to tell you, Jesus is not an alien, some people have this, this idea that because Jesus was perfect, that somehow he could not relate to us. He, did not, he would not understand us. Well, here's what you and I need to know. Jesus was, in fact, 100% God and 100% human. And we know this because if, you've, if you read the Gospels, for instance, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you read about the life of Christ, here's what you'll discover about Jesus. You will discover that Jesus experienced life very much like you and me. He had ex- the same experiences, the same emotions, the same pressures, the same stresses, the same temptations that you and I had. He was born, uh, as, born to a mother like all of us. And I believe that that's why it was so important to include that in the Gospels so that we understand that Jesus is just like us. He was a vulnerable child, really at the mercy of his parents. He would have, he would have nursed like any child and would have had his diapers changed like any child. 
He grew up raised by his parents just like the rest of us. Jesus really, really understands our situation. He is a sympathetic Jesus. And Jesus was tempted the same way that you and I are tempted and tested the same way that you and I are tested. And Jesus grew tired like you and I grew tired. And Jesus was weary. The Bible tells us of a time when the disciples were going across the Sea of Galilee and a storm came up. And here's how tired Jesus was. When the storms, storm was raging and the, and the waves were, were rolling back and forth, the, the disciples got to the place where they were terrified. Now, Jesus was not like, like in the Titanic where, you know, Jack is at the front of the ship, sort of with the hair blowing in the wind. And, and No, that was, Jesus was at the back of the ship having a snooze. He was so tired. And his disciples were all awake there, terrified, and finally they went and rebuked Jesus. And don't you care about us? Don't you th- don't you, aren't you afraid that we're going to die? And they shake him and they wake him up. And Jesus says, oh, oh, what's going on? What's going on? Wiping the sleep out of his eyes. And then he recognizes there's a storm going on. He stands up and he says, peace be still. Now that's, a, that's who you want to go with you when you're in the middle of a lake. Calmness. But we see in that moment his humanness and his godhood. Very human. Jesus experienced times of anxiousness, just like you and I did. You said, I I didn't think Jesus became anxious. Sure he did. That's why he he prayed before he went to the cross. We we find him in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he's praying. And and the Bible says that he's praying so hard that it was like... uh, Blood was, was actually falling from his brow like beads of sweat. He was so stressed out. And he's praying to the Father, God, if it's possible, take this, take this from me. Let, let, let this test pass me by. If it's possible, God, that I don't have to go through this, then God, take it away. And of course, you know the story. He, he did go through the most difficult thing that any human went through. He went to the cross. But know this. It wasn't easy. Now I want the Spirit of God to speak to your heart right now because here's what I know about everybody here today. You're going through difficult times. You have been through difficult times. You're going through a struggle. And what you need to know today is that Jesus really can sympathize with you. He really, really knows what you're going through. He knows the stress that you're experiencing. He knows the heartache and the difficulty that you're going through. He came to dwell among us to experience life as we've experienced. He suffered just the way you suffer. He experienced the pain that you experience. And folks, just as you and I will die someday, Jesus died. And here's what makes the difference is it it doesn't end there. Jesus arose from the dead as a, a conqueror, conquering death, overcoming death, so that you and I could live. Listen to this passage of Scripture from Hebrews chapter 2, verses 17 to 18. It says, Therefore it was necessary for Jesus to be made in every respect like us, his brothers and sisters. That's what he calls us, his brothers and sisters so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. 
Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. Since he himself has gone through suffering and testing, he's able to help us when we are being tested. You need to understand today that Jesus is very sympathetic to your situation. Now, the, the wonderful thing is he doesn't condemn you. He doesn't judge you. He doesn't call you stupid. He doesn't say, say, I told you so. You shouldn't have done that. You're, you're lazy. You're dumb. You're a procrastinator. What's the matter with you? No, that's not what he does. He understands what this life is all about. He understands the pain and the suffering of it. And you know what he does? He says, come into my presence and receive what I have for you. Receive what I can give you to get you through what you're going through. What is that? Well, I'm going to tell you about that in just a moment, but understand this. You and I need to learn what it means to stay in the presence of God. Because it's when, when you and I leave the presence of God or get away from God, that's when trouble begins in your life. I was talking to somebody just this past week who was telling me that, that this person got into serious trouble in their, in their life, in their marriage, and it happened. It happened when they left the presence of God. That's the beginning of problems in your life. And folks, listen to this. Things get better. Things get resolved. Things start going well for you when you learn what it means to get into his presence. And that's why at the end of the service today, I'm going to give you an opportunity to come and just join me here at the altar to to pray. And if you're feeling distant from God or you feel you need a touch from God, you feel that your life is not where it needs to be, that you need a miracle from God, I'm going to invite you to come and, and pray with me here. We're going to pray and ask God to touch your heart, to touch your life, to get you back to that place where you know you need, you need to be. So what is it that we get in the presence of God? Well, there's two things the Bible says. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from, from the Father, full of grace and truth. What is grace? Well, I can just tell you this. Grace is a hard, hard concept to define. I mean, it's... It's sort of clear, but it takes time to really reflect on it, to truly understand the magnitude of what it is that Jesus is offering us. So great is grace that there have literally been thousands of books written on the subject. There have been hundreds of thousands of essays and articles written and probably millions of sermons preached on the subject of God's grace. What is it? What is grace? Well, some of you will know that grace is unconditional love. What does that mean? It means that God loves you no matter what. That's what it means. You say, Pastor Allen, that just seems too hard to believe. But it's the truth, whether you believe it or not. And here's what I know. So often we're afraid to go into the presence of God. We're so afraid to approach God. We're so afraid to say, I'm going to give God a chance because we know in our hearts how sinful we are, and we automatically assume there's no way that God could accept me. There's no way that God could embrace me. There's no way that God could love me because, Pastor, quite frankly, my sins are too great. Well, guess what? There's no sin too great for Jesus Christ to handle. It doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter where you're at. I can tell you this today, that God's grace as the Apostle Paul says, is sufficient. It's more than enough. It's everything you need. 
but you have to come to his presence to get it. That unconditional love, his grace includes his forgiveness and his mercy. Will you come to Jesus just the way you are and say, Lord Jesus, forgive me my sin. And I know some of you are saying, well, Pastor Ellen, I've already asked God to forgive me so many times. How many more times will he forgive me? I can tell you this. God will never run out of forgiveness for you. No matter what it is that you're going through, no matter what it is that you've been through, God's grace is sufficient, which means that he will love you and he will forgive you and he will embrace you and he will take you back over and over and over again. God's grace is also his strength. Some of us at this time of the year especially are feeling especially needy especially with the flu that's been going around. How many people got the flu this past three weeks? Someone just told me they've had the flu for three weeks now. You understand, it's, it's a difficult time. Well, guess what? I had the flu, and last Sunday, or the Sunday before, I showed up to preach and went right home afterward because I'm, I'm sick and I'm exhausted. But I said, God, I need your grace to do what I need to do. And I found God's strength. I found what I needed. Guess what, folks? That's who God is. He's a grace giver. And so you're facing the season right now, and you're thinking, man, I don't think I can make it through, but I'm telling you, you can. You can because I know who Jesus is, and I know the grace that he gives. God's grace includes his help, includes his Holy Spirit empowering. Now listen to this. this listen to this. If you thought that Christianity was just a religion where you come and you do your thing and you give your few bucks in the offering plate and you sing your few songs, you go home and, well, I've done my duty to, to God this week and on it goes. Th- listen, that's, that's not what God wants for you. He wants to have a personal relationship with you. He wants you to enjoy his presence so that he can, he can give you what it is that you need to face life. You're going through a difficult time right now? And you feel like panicking, you feel like running, you feel like ending your life. You feel like closing down your marriage, you feel like running away, you feel like quitting your job, you feel like running away. Listen to me, listen. This is, this is the practical part of Christianity. And that is that God gives you the strength that you need to face this life from day to day. God's grace is a rocket fuel to help you make it through. But here's the problem with so many of us. We say, yes, I want that rocket fuel. I want that power in my life. I want to be able to face life. But here's the problem. We, we refuse or we fail to go to that cosmic gas station in the sky. We fail to go to God to get our tanks filled. And this is why, folks, it's so critical that you understand that you need to Embrace God and enjoy his presence day by day. We call it habit number one in the seven habits, that daily walk with God, putting God first, making sure that before you face your day, you face God. And you say, God, your word tells me that that grace is available to me. And I'm going to tell you this. You come into the presence of God and God will give you the grace that you need to do whatever it is that you need to do. That's a money-back guarantee. Whatever you're facing, you don't have to face it alone. That, my friends, is the genius of Christianity. That is what is so thrilling about our faith. 
You're not facing this life alone. You've got help, Jeff. you got help. You don't have to do it alone. Full of grace and truth. All those who are struggling in any way, what you need to do is recognize that God's reminding you. He's reminding you that you haven't been in his presence. Because in the presence of God, there is peace. There's joy. And that profound sense of the love of God. But it says here that he's also full of love, or full of truth. No, no one wants to talk about absolutes. In fact, the big, the big thing today is, is that your truth is as valid as my truth. So you've got your truth, and I've got my truth, and we all have our own truth, and so everything's cool, right? Wrong. Even a child could recognize that if your truth is different from my truth, then obviously one of us doesn't have the right truth. So what is the truth? Well, here's what you need to understand about Jesus Christ. He has come with absolute truth, which means what? It means that he's showing us how to live, how to have that abundant life, how to get to heaven, how to have all that God has promised. Jesus has come with that truth that shows us how to live in this life. Now, I'm going to tell you, I don't know about you, but boy, by the time I'm 52, I know how crazy life can be and how often it doesn't make sense and how often things just don't add up and how unfair things can be in this life. You know, you've seen it yourself and you, you, you shook your head and you wondered, God, where are you? What's going on? How could you allow this to happen? How many know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about. Jesus comes along and says, I've got the solution. I've got the key that opens a door that that explains the mystery. Truth. So what is it? But before I answer that, let me just remind you that Jesus is full of truth. Not full of suggestions. Not full of opinions. Not full of ideas. He's full of truth. So here's what you and I need to understand that when you come into the presence of Almighty God, he's going to tell you not what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. And this is why so many people just ultimately reject Jesus Christ, because they don't really want to hear the truth that Jesus has for them. Now, can I remind you that Jesus said, when you know the truth, the truth will set you free? This, folks, is what it means to come into the presence of God, to receive that grace and that truth that sets you free, that gives you freedom, that gives you liberty. Remember, that gives you the love and the joy and the peace I keep talking about. It comes from his presence. So what is this truth? Well, first of all, the Bible tells us that Jesus has come to eradicate death and to eradicate sin. And listen to what it says here further in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil, who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. So look at this. When you and I embrace Jesus Christ, who's full of grace and truth, 
you and I experience the Christ who has conquered the devil. And this morning, I know that everyone here is, has at one time or another, or maybe even at this moment, is experiencing the enemy wreaking havoc in your life. And Jesus says, it doesn't have to be that way. Do you know today that the Bible describes Satan as a conquered foe? He has no victory. He has no power except what you give him. But when you and I come to Jesus and come into his presence, here's what happens, folks. Satan loses his power and his control over you, and suddenly your family becomes wonderful. Your marriage becomes wonderful. Suddenly you're able to face your boss and your coworkers. Suddenly you're able to face all the things that cause you so much grief and pain and suffering. Why? Because Jesus has come with truth. He showed us a whole new way of living. And no longer has Satan got power in your life. And not only that, but it says here that Jesus has broken the power of death. So folks, you and I need to understand that someday when when we die, that won't be a problem. Because if you belong to Jesus Christ, it means that you have the gift of eternal life. This, folks, is what Christmas is about. It's about Jesus coming and dwelling amongst us and bringing to us grace and truth. And the truth is that you and I are free of the power of death and free of the fear of death. I remember my grandmother in her, in her 70s. She began to say, you know, I'm tired of this whole world. I can hardly wait to go home. She understood, folks, that she's nothing to be afraid of because waiting for her was Jesus and her beloved mother and, and family members who had gone on before. You say, Pastor Allen, that's, you know, that's, I'm not really facing that right now. That's not really where I'm at. So really, how does this affect me right here and right now? Well, I'm glad you asked that because that's the other thing Jesus conquered. He conquered sin. What is sin? Very simply, it's falling short of the mark. It's not measuring up to God's standard. What's God's standard? Very simply, it's this. And you've heard me say this over and over and over and over again. Life is about relationships. And folks, sin at work in your life and my life looks like this. Sin causes a barrier between you and me and God. It breaks your relationship with God. It breaks your relationship with, with each other. Now, when you and I come to Jesus Christ, here's the good news. When you and I come to Jesus Christ, who's full of grace and truth, he shows us how to live in this world. He shows us what the most important thing is in this life. And here it is. More important than anything else is your relationship to God and your relationship to one another. That's all that matters. And yet, for so many of us, those are the things that don't matter to us. We spend the least amount of energy and time on our relationship with God and in our relationship with one another. And we allow anger to take over. And we allow bitterness to take over. And we allow a grudge to take root in our hearts. And then we wonder why we're not happy. So here's what I'm telling you today, folks. In the name of Jesus, I tell you this. 
If your relationships are not what they ought to be, if your walk with God is not there, then let this be the day where you get reconnected to God because this is the truth that will set you free. If you're holding a grudge towards somebody, you're angry at, at some, a member of your family, your mother, your father, your children, today is a day that you need to let it go because the Bible tells us that when we get our hearts right with those in our lives, that's when God will fill our hearts with his glorious presence. You wonder why you're far from God? It's because you blocked God out of your life. The Jesus who's come full of grace and truth. You said, no thank you, Jesus. I'm going to make it on my own. This morning, this morning, let this be the morning when you say, God, I don't want to go another day without you. I don't want to go another moment on my own. God, I want to get reconnected. I want to be reestablished in my walk with you. Thank you, Jesus, for coming and dwelling among us. Thank you, Jesus, for coming with grace and truth, truth that sets us free. Is there somebody that you need to forgive today? Let this be the day. Is there a broken relationship, a brother or sister you're not talking to these days? Let this be the day when you make the first move because you believe in Jesus Christ. Is this the day? Is this the day when things are going to change for you? I'd ask you to stand with me right now. And just bow your heads with me as we pray. Father, we, uh, we want to know that grace that your word tells us about. We want to know that grace, God, that fills our hearts with peace. We want to know that grace, God, that puts a smile on our face again. Frankly, God, we, we, we confess, we admit to you that we've become so anxious and and lost sight of the fact that you really love us and care about us. So God, right now, we want to recommit ourselves to you. And Father, we pray that this truth that Jesus has brought us, that all that matters in life is our relationship with you and our relationship with one another. God, that you, and, that you would help us to surrender fully to you and do what you want us to do. Let go of that grudge. Let go of that that hurt. We thank you, God, that your presence will flood our hearts, our minds. And we thank you, Jesus, that you're here this morning. So God, as we go from this place this morning, fill us to overflowing with with your joy because, God, we are prepared to do what you've called us to do. And we pray these things in your name. And everyone said it? God bless you. Merry Tell the person beside you, Merry Christmas.